Modern orthopedics is a rapidly evolving and exciting field that continues to push the boundaries of what is possible with treatment. Advances in technology, including minimally invasive surgical techniques and the use of robotics, have revolutionized the field of orthopedics, allowing for patients to quickly begin the rehabilitation process and can significantly improve the outcomes of orthopedic procedures. Here is your behind-the-scenes pass to one of the most well-established orthopedic practices in the DFW area. Welcome back to the Modern Orthopedics Podcast. Uh, my name is Shannon. I'm the Director of Marketing here at Orthopedic Specialists of Dallas. And I've got Dr. Nilpesh Patel here today. And he's going to talk a little bit about himself and what he does here. Good morning. So I'm originally from North Carolina. And uh, I have been uh, practicing orthopedics for about 10 years uh, here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I joined uh, Orthopedic Specialists of Dallas about two years ago. And uh, I specialize primarily in the hand, wrist, and elbow. Um, I did initially start my career doing general orthopedics and a little bit of everything and have kind of taken a focus uh, on the hand, wrist, and elbow uh, as you know, this is interest of mine and something that I did more training in. All right. Um, where did you go to medical school, Dr. Patel? Uh, I went to the University of North Carolina. Um, I was there for undergrad and uh, medical school. So I bleed Carolina blue. Okay. Um, I then went uh, to Emory uh, to do my residency and then across the country to Seattle for fellowship in hand, wrist, elbow. And what, why did you decide to become a physician? You know, that's an interesting question. Um, I don't have a big one glorious moment that told me I needed to become a doctor. Um, you know, I, I kind of grew up in a very business oriented uh, family um, in a small town in North Carolina, about 10,000 people. Um, and, uh, you know, when I went to college, uh, I actually was a big interest in political science and I actually have a political science degree. And what, what's interesting about it is, you know, I went from election politics to healthcare policy and politics, but a lot of the classes that were there at university of North Carolina were really service learning and service-based courses. And um, that in a mix of me starting to understand by taking those classes that I was probably more of a science math guy, uh, but really loved the helping people service aspect um, of both learning myself and doing the actual activities um, really kind of start giving me the drive to, hey, you know, just that natural feeling of uh, I wanted to help people. Um, and, uh, you know, I learned that maybe politics wasn't the thing for me. Um, the policies, the, hey, the even, you know, election politics, as we all know, is, is crazy these days. And, and, you know, even back then, um, you know, it was it was an interesting field while doing internships and stuff that kind of was challenging and, and made me think, OK, this is the bureaucracy and stuff I didn't want to really get into. Um, and so I think, you know, a combination of me starting to understand that, hey, these are the things that drove me uh, that I'd like to see in the community, um, you know, us getting people healthier, uh, and how this not only helps, you know, everyone as a society, but also kind of gives me the drive to keep doing things more and more. Um, I mean, I think it really drove me to be a doctor. So awesome. 
And what made you choose your specialty of hand, wrist, elbow? When did you decide that? So, um, you know, I did residency in orthopedics. Our orthopedic residency was very heavy trauma driven. So that means injuries uh, that happen because of accidents. Um, we also had a big uh, spine uh, influence in our residency. Uh, a lot of this is probably because, you know, I was in Atlanta, uh, inner city, and it was really the only level one trauma center in all of Georgia uh, at that time. So a lot of stuff was driven, you know, by that. Um, and so there wasn't as much training in the hand, wrist and elbow. So, you know, when I got out, I knew that, Hey, I wanted to probably live in a area that's more urban, um, you know, or on the outskirts of that. And I think the way orthopedics was going, um, you know, that's something I wanted to specialize in one particular thing and be good at that. And the thing that I had the least education in that I had the most interest in really was hand, wrist and elbow. And the things that I did pick up is, Hey, you know, you could help people very quickly with surgery that seemed very simple. Um, and what I meant, what I mean by that is, hey, I can take some suture, which is like thread and fix a tendon and bada boom, there's not, I don't have to put big implants in. Um, and these people can go out and start, you know, theoretically moving their hands in a controlled way and slowly get back to activity. And so it was almost the simplicity of it. But the complexity of, you know, all the other parts that I didn't know uh, that drove me to become kind of a hand surgeon. So the patient outcomes are usually pretty good in your. Well, uh, you know, I think, yes, um, there is always, you know, patient outcomes is always something that we kind of look look to. I mean, in all of orthopedics. And I think, um, you know, that is also the wave of the future, Um, you know, looking at how patients do. And that's not just from studies and uh, animal models and biomechanics, it's really, okay, are patients satisfied? Do they feel better? Um, is their pain better? And, and you know, you're now seeing that in, in general in orthopedics is, hey, we're doing these surveys from both a physician standpoint as well as big systems and hospitals are doing this to try to figure out, okay, are we really treating the patient in the right way? Um, or are we just doing this for science? Um, and, and I think, you know, in hand surgery, uh, generally patients improve. Um, I think like all of orthopedics, all of medicine, the biggest thing is educating the patients on what to expect. Right. Um, and that, that means that when someone comes in and talks to me about, Hey, I want to have this surgery. I want to have this surgery, or I'm thinking about this. I have carpal tunnel. I have an elbow problem. Then you have to tell them, okay, well, if we did this, these are the things that could improve. And that you need to expect to improve. But this may not improve. And, you know, I think that has a lot to do with the way you actually kind of define outcomes, Um, not just saying, okay, this surgery is just going to make you 30 years younger. That's not how it works. Okay. Um, And will you go into some of the complex procedures that you do with the hand, wrist, and elbow? Um, Yeah. So, you know, I, I started this by thinking of a patient, you know, that I've done. And, and I think, you know, one of the first early patients in my career was this lady who fell and just destroyed her elbow. Um, and uh, I remember being called on Friday evening. I was out to dinner with my wife and I was like, okay, I got to do it tomorrow. And, um, you know, I went in there thinking three, four hours and end up being like six to eight hours of, of, of surgery. And, and when I, Went into this elbow. My initial thought was, there's no way I can fix this. This needs a replacement. 
Um, but I ended up fixing it. The x-rays were things that even the people in the rooms took pictures of because of, you know, it was just crazy, uh, the amount of fixation needed. Um, and it was a complex case and, and, but she ended up doing awesome. And, and when she came to the office, I was like, you know, she's going to end up with a stiff elbow. She's not going to do well. And, and then she comes in and she's like, oh, this feels great. You know, six months later, back to everything. Um, and, you know, that kind of, the elbow is something that in terms of reconstruction injuries uh, that are acute. Um, and, I, and by that, I mean, fractures and dislocations of the elbow. Um, those are things that are, to me, uh, complex. Uh, for me, I think, you know, those surgeries challenge me. Um, they also have outcomes, which, yeah, you, there's going to be people that end up with stiff elbows. The injury is really complex. But then when you see, hey, this lady that can move her elbow has good pain relief, able to get back to activity, um, you know, it's really satisfying. Um, and it gets people back to activity. And, that, and that's the key here. Um, but for me, you know, things that I've seen also revision surgeries in the hand, wrist, uh, reconstructions, uh, those things are the complex things. You don't know what you're going to get into uh, if you're going in and revising uh, surgeries that other people have done. Um, you know, most recently I, you know, I do total elbow replacements um, and revision of total elbow replacements. And, you know, there's a guy that's had, I think, three revisions. Uh, and then I went in there and, you know, had no idea what to expect. And, you know, basically we we're doing this huge revision on this elbow where you're cutting out a significant amount of bone and replacing it with metal. Um, and then they come back to their first visit and they're like, man, my, I feel great. Pain's better. And, you know, you look at your x-rays and you're like, your whole arm's metal. How is this possible? But, you know, they, they feel better. And, um, you know, it's a big surgery. It's a complicated surgery. Um, you know, I think things around the elbow for me are a challenge. I think it's a good mix of bone and soft tissue uh, and understanding the anatomy. Um, and, you know, I think for me, I, I would say, hey, if I had to pick the most difficult things I do, the things that are challenging, uh, that's what I'd say. Um, what about Tommy John surgeries? I think that that's uh, something that a lot of people don't know that we do here. Yeah. So if you'd like to go into that a little bit, I think that. Right. So, you know, Tommy John surgery has been out in the media a lot. Okay. And, and, and the pe people use the word Tommy John and Tommy John, you know, is a procedure. Uh, and people say that without sometimes understanding the injury. Right. So the, the, the injury is actually an ulnar collateral ligament injury of the elbow. Right. And it's important to understand that these things can happen from a overuse type of situation, as we see in pitchers or certain mechanics that are affecting that, uh, as well as traumatically. OK, I mean, and, and we can see the same type of ligament injuries uh, in both these fashions, though uh, there is some difference in each of those. And I, and I think. You know, people need to understand that because I, I'll have people that have an acute injury. That means that they fall, they land on this. And then, you know, they're like, I need a Tommy John surgery. Well, you know, may, maybe it's not a Tommy John surgery because the procedure is, is different, though the injury is similar. OK. Um, and what that means is, you know, as our community is focusing on certain sports, um, we see athletes that are, you know, doing year round baseball, um, you know, we have to focus on the making sure that they know the proper mechanics, that they're doing full body training, that, hey, they're maybe spending some time doing training of the other parts of their body. And 
at the end of the day, the Tommy John surgery is to correct an ulnar collateral ligament issue, which gives the feeling of instability and pain uh, in throwing athletes. Okay. Um, and in that throwing motion, because of that, uh, people will get pain on the inside part of their elbow. They'll have difficulty throwing, difficulty producing the force needed, the speed needed, or able to do uh, the types of pitches that they want to throw. Um, the big part about Tommy John surgery is not just the surgery because, hey, we know that there's things changing uh, every day on how we do this surgery. We moved from reconstruction using tendons uh, from the same arm and moving them to this area. Now we can still use tendons and we can even back it up with, uh, we call it internal bracing, which is, hey, this fiber type tape, which kind of helps hold this construct more stable and allows us to do some activity faster or get it back to rehab faster. Um, and so things are changing and it's the rehab part, the after surgery part, which is what's important to really to kind of dig into the athletes, making sure the parents understand, making sure the athletes understand that, Hey, it's going to be a big commitment for this time period. Um, and then, you know, making sure that the patient actually needs a surgery, you know, so we, we go through a period of, okay, rest, the appropriate rehab, the appropriate core strengthening, making sure the rest of the body is good during that whole period that these, that these athletes are resting, they still need to be working on their technique and their biomechanics. And once all that is good, and if, if they go back out there in a controlled fashion, and hey, this is still an issue, then, you know, we start thinking more of the surgical route. And then, hey, how are we going to approach this? Is it going to be the six months to a year recovery? Um, it's going to be a program of motion, then strengthening, then throwing the pitches, getting them back to the distance they need to be, and then, hey, to the force that they need to put on it. So stem cells becoming very popular now. Um, what do you think about that with what you do, sir? So, you know, it's interesting, uh, the whole kind of, era of stem cells. So, you know, I think first it's important to understand what that means, right? So you're taking a cell that has not been differentiated. And what does that mean? That means that you take a cell that can kind of maybe slowly become something else and you're putting that into your body. Okay. And a lot of this has been done initially in cancer or rheumatoid type patients. Hey, do we put this into the blood and they differentiate and then help cure things. And in orthopedics, we don't quite know that yet. Okay. So we don't know, Hey, if we put this into a joint, is this really curing things? Um, and I think you also have to take that from a context of, does that mean that it's not working? Does that mean it's not something we should do? No, that's not, that's not necessarily that because a lot of what we do in orthopedics is for pain relief, for function, getting back to activity. It's not because I can give this patient new cartilage, right? And so, you know, I think we, we have to take one step back and understand what stem cells are, what they're meant to do, and in that field of medicine, how it's really going to help us and help the patient. At the end of the day, it's helping the patient. Um, so, you know, I think in orthopedics, in upper extremity, I think there is going to be at some point even more information out there with research and the science behind it and as we are improving every day, okay, is this really going to cure something? Is it really going to regenerate something um, by just simply injecting it into the body? Or is it going to need something else 
that's going to help us do this outside of the body and then inject it, right? Um, is it more of a soft tissue healing product? Is it, hey, tennis elbow? Is it going to heal that completely? Is it going to take these Tommy John injuries and really heal the Tommy John injury completely? Um, you know, and I think though we have some inkling into where this is going, I don't think there's a definitive answer to that yet. Um, I think from a pain generation standpoint, um, there is some evidence that it's helping. Um, but a lot of injections help, right? You could give a steroid injection and they help for pain. Um, and so we got to differentiate, okay, is this really better? Right. And, and some of that, also becomes very patient specific. Hey, we go through these steps with the patients. We decide, okay, is this working? This not working? Hey, let's do stem cells. Um, you know, and, and does this give you the pain relief? Uh, so, you know, I think the idea of just complete regeneration, I think we got to take a step back and, hey, yes, there is potential for this. Are we there 100% yet? Probably not. Can you explain the difference between stem cell and PRP? And do you do these in the office? Um, so number one, we do do these in the office. Okay. Uh, that's, that's a simple answer. Uh, PRP is taking your blood and we spin it down. We take portions of that, which are plasma rich protein, uh, and we inject it back in to get healing factors into the area. Okay. And um, in my world, uh, doing that a lot in soft tissues, tennis elbows, um, biceps type injuries, even in wrist, you know, tendonitis, tenosynovitis, things that are torn. Um, you know, we can do those things. Um, stem cells is comes in kind of variations. You can get, you know, almost off the shelf stem cells that you're injecting back. Uh, you can also um, get stem cells from certain areas of your own body and put them back and get these cells that like we'd explained, hey, you're trying to get them to differentiate into another type of cell to do some sort of restoration or healing. All right. So besides the stem cell and PRP, are there any other procedures that you would do in office? Um, that's a great question. So, you know, we are moving to uh, a world of, of trying to help patients get them back to activity faster, get them out of the office, out of the surgery suites and home. Okay. And um, a big push has been doing things uh, in the office and that includes surgical procedures. So uh, from a hand standpoint, um, there is a, there are many surgeries that, Hey, we think, and we know that we can do under what we call local anesthetic, which means, Hey, you inject numbing medicine. They feel numb. The patient is a completely awake. There is no other medicines given in terms of pills or IVs. Uh, you do the procedure. The patient gets instructions. They understand. They know everything going on. They see it with their own eyes. They walk out of the office and go home and start, hey, working on the after surgery rehab very quickly. And um, this is a big thing that we're pushing. Um, I think uh, um, I'm moving to doing a lot of my procedures, obviously with some insight into which ones really patients will uh, benefit best from doing in the office, um, as opposed to moving everything to surgery centers and to surgery suites. Um, uh, I think initially things like carpal tunnel, 
trigger fingers, uh, some certain cyst in the hands. Uh, those type of procedures are going to be uh, very beneficial to do in the office. They benefit the patient from multiple standpoints of, of doing it awake. Um, there are procedures that, hey, uh, patients can get back to activity very quickly. Um, and why, why go to sleep? Why do they need to be knocked out, spend half their day or all their day um, recovering from something that really they can walk away from? Paying for anesthesiology fees and right, so facilities. yeah, and that's a big, you know, big point. So from a cost standpoint, um, you know, bringing things in the office um, are cost beneficial, um, and from a global standpoint, they reduce the cost of healthcare. And I think that's what you know we need to look at is hey, are, how are we still doing the patient outcomes, patient satisfaction? making sure the patients are still doing well, but we're reducing the global cost of healthcare. And, you know, by moving these things in the office, that's going to happen. Um, the cost for the insurance companies, the cost to the patients directly, um, the cost of patients being off work for a whole day or two and not, hey, getting anesthesia, sorry, and getting anesthesia, the cost associated with all of that is going to decrease. And, you know, quite frankly, uh, that's the way we should all move for, for doing things. Dr. Patel, can you uh, give us any examples of any complex hand and wrist procedures that you do? Of course. So, um, you know, you hear about the day-to-day things of hands and wrist, uh, carpal tunnel, trigger fingers, things that uh, you see in the news all the time. Um, but uh, some of the bigger things we do is really dealing with arthritis uh, and also trauma-type injuries. Um, you know, people don't hear or think about arthritis in the hands and wrist, uh, but it exists. It's actually very common and very debilitating for patients. Um, and we do procedures that do include joint replacement, um, and that is in the wrist joint itself. Um, yeah, though, we are very selective on these patients and, you know, based on what activity they're trying to get to. Um, you know, I remember, uh, for example, that there was a patient that, Hey, uh, he was actually quite younger in the, I think, 50s and 60s, and that's young for, for us in terms of doing joint replacements. But uh, he had a condition where he had a wrist which was uh, very arthritic um, because of other medical issues. Um, and, uh, and specifically, he wanted to, hey, just get back into doing his day-to-day life, taking care of himself. Hey, he had some kids he wanted to hang, hang out with do certain activities with. It wasn't a high impact type of activities, but it was just his day-to-day life living. And, you know, after talking to him, I think he was a good patient for a wrist replacement. Uh, Went in, did a wrist replacement, which really means just like the knees and the hips that you hear about all the time. Hey, we take a certain portion of the cartilage and bone out. Uh, We replace it with, uh, with with almost like a metal and plastic combination. Um, and they're allowed to start moving very quickly uh, and slowly advance into good use. Uh, and it was a great pain relief and functional benefit for this patient. Um, you know, in the hands, uh, there are multiple procedures for arthritis uh, that include things where we take bones out, reconstruct joints, and patients do very well from that. And so, you know, I, I think from a complexity uh, standpoint, um, you know, all these surgeries can be very complex, um, depending on, hey, the patient, we tailor everything towards, hey, is what will benefit the patient in terms of getting back to activity and function 
the fastest and the best um, and where they're going to benefit from their pain. A lot of this is, hey, I'm, I'm hurting and I need to figure out if I address this joint, is my pain relief going to be 80%, 70%? And then we tailor the surgery. As you know, the hands and wrists are very complex in terms of there's a lot of joints, a lot of bones um, that actually move the wrist and the hands. So um, that's the important part of examining the patient, understanding what activities they're doing, and then figuring out what procedures to do from that standpoint. Uh, it sounds like a lot of your procedures that you do require a lot of therapy and a specific type of therapy. Yeah. So, um, you know, occupational therapy um, is important after surgery, especially in the hands and wrist. Um, we have uh, occupational therapists that actually specialized in doing the hands. Um, and, you know, we will create a whole program of rehab after your surgery or even before your surgery uh, to work with these occupational therapists uh, in getting back to movement and strength. Um, a big part of hands is getting the motion of the hands back. Uh, stiffness is a big issue um, and a big challenge. And so we kind of gear things that we want to get things moving fast, but in the right way. And so it's always good to have the guidance of an occupational therapist to help do this uh, in the right way so that you're protecting the things that need to be protected before and after surgery. And then, you know, not just the things that you can do as a patient, but then how to advance and how to get to the point where, hey, I can start my strengthening, I can start throwing things, I can start working on weight training, all of those. And so, you know, in-house uh, occupational therapy here at Orthopedic Specialists of Dallas is an important part of our whole program um, in the hand, wrist, elbow. And, um, you know, I, I, it's something that we keep continuing to grow and educate the community on. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Dr. Patel. Thank you.